0: Welcome aboard! We will be your guides during this magical journey into the movies. It's the perfect job for us because we love the movies. It's showtime. Ready when you are, CB. Action! Welcome to Monoreal Radio episode number 253. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are here this week to review and discuss zombies.
1: The highly requested
0: zombies i am super excited for this we've never seen zombies but for anybody that knows me and perhaps it's not age appropriate given the fact that i am closer to aarp than i am to my high school graduation at this point in time (laughs) but i have like it's like a guilty pleasure I like deep diving into DCOMs. Now, some of them have been really bad, and the ones that are bad are just, like, unforgivably bad and frustrating. But we have found so many gems that I I get excited for this. I loved our straight-to-video series that we just did, but I was really looking forward to getting into this. We
1: are so not on the same page when it comes to DCOMs. Um, I think you appreciate them for the nostalgia factor and you're able to turn a blind eye to a lot where I will admit to being overly critical. And I get it. That's the thing with DCOMs. They are made for television. You have to sacrifice a lot of story because you're under these time constraints. So, you know, you don't always get really deep rich characters and especially when it's a musical you are really sacrificing plot to get to those big flashy numbers but I have been looking forward to this because I did enjoy Descendants I know I was very critical of that but I really liked it for the um twist on the fairy tales that we know and I loved the production design and I've been looking forward to this because I've heard it's even better than Descendants and I also, I mean, I love horror. Did I think this was going to be scary? No, but I was excited to see how they did tackle zombies in any capacity. Because, I mean, you and I love all of those 80s zombie movies. Yeah. Um, You know, big Sam Raimi fans. Um, And we we were obsessed with Walking Dead when it came out. Um, until, you know, there was just too big of a cast and everybody started going their separate ways. I mean, we watched for like the first six or seven seasons um, and we've kind of fallen out, but it's something that I want to get back into. But anyway, that's all besides the point. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting anything scary like that. Right. But just as a fan of the genre, I was excited to see it injected into the decom
0: style. Yes. Well... How do how does Disney handle zombies in totality? Where is this series going to fall in terms of The other DCOM franchises that we have reviewed and discussed, that on top of many other things, is what we are here to discuss today.
1: This episode is sponsored by Fierce Fox Co., designers of handmade silkscreen shirts. Fierce Fox has a t-shirt, tank top, hoodie, or crew neck for every fandom. So whether it's the movies or theme parks, princesses or villains, the MCU or Star Wars, everyone will find something they love. The designs range from subtle quotes from our favorite films to iconic characters we can wear proudly in so many different styles, such as sketchbook and concert tees. Listeners of Monoreal Radio can get a 20% discount using the code MONOREAL at checkout. Visit FierceFoxCo.com to check out all of the collections.
0: It has been a while since I had a plot this long. Really? Yeah. Buckle in, folks. Here we go. In Seabrook. A perfectly planned community, they are recovering from a lime soda-triggered apocalypse that turned citizens into brain-eating zombies. After building a barrier to separate the worlds, the zombies have a curfew where a Z-band, a device that through uh, electromagnetic pulses keeps them from reverting back into being the brain-eating monsters that... They knew them as Um, 50 years later. It is the first time that zombie teens are allowed to attend high school in Seabrook. Zed, a zombie, is excited to try out for the football team while Addison, she is a normal. She is a human, right? Um, She is prepared to make the cheer squad. Addison, um, however, wears a wig to hide her her white hair as Seabrook hates anything that isn't quote unquote normal. It's very Stepford, right? So at school, Addison meets Bree, another prospective cheerleader, and tries to reason with her cousin Bucky, uh, the star cheerleader, that perhaps the zombies aren't so bad, but no one wants to hear it. Seabrook normals attend classes in regular classrooms while the zombies are relegated to the basement and are told they cannot try out for teams or join clubs. Zed sneaks out to get to tryouts and sets off a rogue zombie alarm he hides in a zombie safe room where he meets Addison, who sees the best in him. Zed goes to tryouts where he is told by his coach that the principal won't allow zombies on the team. At cheer tryouts, Addison makes the team and convinces Bucky to add Bree as well which he does, however, not as a starter. As a part of their initiation, they go to Zombie Town, where they are told to egg houses. This is for the cheerleading squad, which they refuse to do, and when Addison calls out Bucky for picking on them, he threatens to expose her white hair. Addison goes into the basement the next day to apologize to the zombies who had seen her in town with the eggs, um, and explains that it was the cheer initiation, and then they all leave for the pep rally. The zombies arrive at the pep rally, and Bucky... ...then takes out Sparklers. When Bonzo, one of the other zombies, gets scared by fire, Zed tries to stop his hysteria. However, his Z-band is shorted, giving him temporary strength that wows the football coach. He then catches Addison mid-stunt as they are in the middle of performing a cheer stunt, saving her from injury and earning him a spot on the football team. He also demands equal treatment for the zombies, which the principal agrees to so long as the struggling football team continues to win. Addison admits to Bree that she has a crush on Zed and starts to befriend other zombies other than Eliza, who does not trust humans. The other cheerleaders also threaten to cast her out for hanging out with the zombies. Addison and Zed talk about their struggles and imperfections, and she tells him about her hair, one of the first people that she exposes this to. At his first game, Zed struggles, so he convinces Eliza to jailbreak his Z-band to help him play better. She reluctantly agrees, but tells him never to swipe right at as it will corrupt the software. The team goes on a tear while Addison encourages the crowd to cheer them on for the win, further upsetting Bucky. He makes her choose a side, so she picks cheer as opposed to the zombies. As the team wins more, the zombies become more and more accepted, further infuriating Bucky. After a perfect season, they prepare for the homecoming game, and Zed invites Addison to zombie town for a party. His Z-band starts shorting out more and more while Addison bonds with Zoe, Zed's little sister sister and aspiring cheerleader as long uh, as well as Eliza. They're starting to kind of mend that fence. Police soon arrive to break up the party and take Addison home to her disappointed parents. She tells them that she was out with a boy, but does not tell them that he is a zombie and they want to meet him The ACs, as they are called, uh, they are also on the cheer squad. They learn that Zed has been hacking his Z-Band and work out a plan to ruin him, so they distract Eliza and steal her computer to hack the Z-Band. Zed swipes right to become human, corrupting the software and allowing the ACs to hack the bands. After wooing her parents, Addison says that they shouldn't be hiding who they are, and Zed promises to turn back into a zombie after the homecoming game. At the game, Bucky kicks Addison and Bree off the team for cheering on Zed, and the ACs hack the Z bands, turning Zed, Bonzo, and Eliza into brain eating zombies, even as Zed has won the game. The bands come back online, but their reputation is now ruined. Addison, in an attempt to help them, calls out the crowd for pressuring Zed to do this for their acceptance and pulls off her wig, drawing criticism from the crowd. The trio get released from the zombie containment with bands. adjustments that will prevent further hacking. As they approach the state cheer championship, Bucky cuts anyone who is not anti-zombie leaving him with a skeleton crew. The zombies are removed from the school and as they clear out their lockers, Zed and Bonzo see that Eliza has blueprints for sabotaging the cheer championships to get back at the cheerleading squad. After some back and forth, Addison joins them and they decide not to sabotage the championship. Seabrook Uh, The team falls apart as they do not want to work together as the team, much to the shock of Bucky, because now everybody's kind of being pulled in different directions, pro-zombie, anti-zombie. Zoe jumps on the stage and encourages the rest to join in and be a part of the change. Eventually, the cheerleaders and zombies come together and perform, and even though they do not win the championships, they unify the zombies and the citizens of Seabrook. So a couple of minutes ago... You said, and you're not wrong, that a lot of DCOMs sacrifice plot and character development and subplots for the sake of getting to catchy musical numbers. It's very clear, just by virtue of me having flipped through, what, five pages of notes here, Zombies breaks that mold. They, You know, we're going to get into it more and more, but off the rip, I was impressed with how well paced it was and getting us up to speed and getting through the zombie history but th- they tackle an awful lot like I feel like we're really gonna deep dive into this I'm, I'm re- this is what I'm really excited about well
1: this is gonna make for an interesting conversation because admittedly I was looking over my notes you know because I had time while you were going through that plot um and this is one of those instances where I have a lot more question marks than I do observations. Um, Interesting, but I do want to start with the lengthy plot, though, because that was something I noticed. And to your point that zombies does break the mold with um, there are so many scenes, not a lot of sets because you're having this take place between Seabrook, you know, the divided parts where right. Addison lives and the zombie town, the zombie side of town. The school and the football field, that is four major sets. And I can't even imagine what this production schedule was like with so many short scenes. And to your point, the pacing is good because they get in, get out of them, but it's not quick. But I, my mind was blown by how much they jammed in as far as just the sheer amount of settings that they used.
0: Yeah. And, and the use of space and the use of set. I mean, like they really did, I thought, knock it out of the park.
1: Oh, the production design is absolutely phenomenal. I love the color palettes. Even even back to the very beginning, I just love the setup with the animation.
0: Yes. Like,
1: I love the comic book style. Everything from the style to the us versus them metaphor is just on point.
0: Yeah. Um. How did you feel about the apocalypse being set up with a lime soda incident?
1: I didn't mind that.
0: No, I didn't either. You're making it for kids, right?
1: That and maybe being a product of the 90s, lime soda, orange soda, maybe there is just like a special place in my heart for that kind of thing. So I didn't mind it at all. Um, What really stood out to me is... I mean, as much as I like this style of animation, and then once we actually get to see what the zombies look like in real life, I'm not sure how DC didn't sue over Joker copyright, because to me, this looked just like the killing joke.
0: Yeah. um, Well, I, I mean, I don't know how the copyright would work on that, because there have been so many different iterations of the Joker. Yeah. I mean, the element is kind of the same. Ghosted out white face, red lips, green hair. But they've played with the idea of that in so many different color palettes and so many different looks and designs that I'm not sure that you can strictly say you can't have green hair, red lips, ghost white face without having to pay DC a fee. I'm just... I don't know how that works. I'm sure that if... I'm sure that if... They had a lock on it. Disney would not have been able to get away with this.
1: Right. No, and I, I don't think it's the same case because it is originating from a comic book and it's being adapted to film. I don't know that they have that much of a stronghold on it. It's not like with Kiss where they licensed out, where, where they have the makeup licensed and yeah. you can't use that, you know, makeup style
0: Right, those are trademark designs. Exactly, thank you. That's
1: the word that I'm looking for. But I think the other challenge that Disney has here is that these are not obviously your flesh-eating zombies that they know, that, that we know. Right. We can't have these decaying body zombies like yes they are the undead but i like how they took it in that direction it actually is more the direction of the joker where it's like a chemical thing so you had to take the scary out of it i i totally get that but really that's the challenge is how are you going to do it without giving them flesh hanging off you you have to give them an undead look. So they're going to read more ghost than they would actual zombie. And that's where you get the pale face. And I think the green hair just comes from simply the color palette that they chose.
0: Yeah. I think they get a good job getting us caught up to present day. I really did like the introductions for both Addison and Mm -hmm. Zed. I like them breaking the fourth wall. Same. Um, I like how we're learning about who they are and how their stories are very much paralleled where they each have a goal in mind, they each want to fit in, but ultimately they know that they can't and Addison kind of carries more of that weight because what is going to prevent her from fitting in is something that she can hide successfully and i think that that kind of that's a burden and you see that as a through line through the whole film what a burden that is on Addison
1: See, it's interesting that you pose it that way, though, because this is my first first question alert. It's, did we need the wig? Do we need this whole part of Addison's character where she is hiding something? Because I'm sorry, but your hair is not the same plight as the zombies who have been cast out of society.
0: Well, I don't think it's so much about... Addison, as much as it is a commentary on Seabrook, because the whole thing is she can't dye it; she's tried. But everybody in Seabrook has traditional-looking hair. They have a traditional-looking home. They have traditional-looking clothes. It's either pink or it's blue, right? It's pink. It's blue. It's pink. Yes. It's blue. So I, I think that they had to give her something that would make her endearing but also speak to the town. Because if she's just a normal, bubbly, blonde cheerleader who has a good heart, is that enough for us to root for her?
1: Right. And we have seen these sort of stories before where the outcast does have to win over the most popular girl or whatever the case is going to be. So I guess you had to give her character something to differentiate from that sort of a trope. Right. But at the same time, I found myself rolling my eyes a lot of the times whenever her hair came up and she didn't want to show it. And I was like, oh, first world problems. But I mean, it is something that sets her apart. It is something that gives her a difficult time because she does have these stage parents. Her mother's the mayor. Her father's a lapdog to the mayor. Yeah. So it is. And we'll get into Bucky because that's a whole thing in and of itself. But it is something that is that makes her life difficult and fitting in with her own family. Um, But yeah, that all worked. I like how they're intercut. I like that, you know, we're seeing their first day of school set up. We're seeing the interactions with the families. What I thought was a really interesting choice is about the zombies not being able to have dogs because it just really grounds the movie in something that, you know, obviously we're not really going to relate to as far as zombies, but like, can you imagine just being told that you can't have a dog? And I was like, that, that was just so smart to really give us something to latch on to, to, to really make us empathetic towards Zed and to to Zoe. Oh my God. It's so cute what he does for her that he pretends to be the dog.
0: The, they do such an incredible job of making these characters so likable and making us so sympathetic towards them. Like, first five minutes, this is some of the best character building that we've ever seen in a Disney film.
1: I wouldn't go so far as to say that they become fully developed characters, but they build them up really nicely. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's it's such a great open and and the sets, as you pointed out, Zombie Town versus Seabrook, you know, you see especially Zombie Town, how incredible the sets are the the build the design like they don't go cheap on it and like it's so you know because you're gonna get your opening dance number right your opening musical number but they show the sets off they're just so incredible and so impressive
1: yeah that's the other thing that I really appreciated about this movie is the cinematography, because a lot of times you see cool sets like this, but you don't actually get to explore them. And here, I think they bounced really well off of each other, like having that, uh, to use your word, that Stepford community on the one side, and then you've got the zombie side of town. Um, it almost reminds me of like a Star Wars, how you have like some of the really high-end techie looking stuff which which isn't really you know what the stepford side is but then as far as the zombie side it's all of that you know found objects yeah. to build everything so i thought that that was really cool
0: yeah working within their means right um the divide okay so let's get to let's get to school the divide is well defined very early yes. where they have the fence that's up they have the normals side. They have the zombies side. Where the zombies can only go to the basement. And they're being taught by a janitor. Who's also a zombie. And how the principal wants nothing to do with them being there. And introducing Bucky and the other characters. And how they have their nose turned up at the zombies. And how the parents are are have these kids all zombie phobic. Like they do a really good great job driving the wedge in and it doesn't seem forced or disingenuous.
1: That's what I really liked about it too, because even though they are starting zombie integration, actions speak louder than words. And they're saying that they're integrating the zombies, but we're seeing that that's really not the case. And then to your point, yes, you still see the zombie phobia is very prominent Um. We're going to break down the characters, obviously, but one of the things that I do want to bring up now, because it is something that I bump on a lot, I don't understand the choice to have Bucky as a cheerleader and not a football player. I mean, I get it as far as his relationship towards Addison, but the fact that he has such a stake or thinks that he has a stake in how things go and has such an issue with Zed, trying out for the football team. I feel like it just would have made more sense for him to be on the football team and not recognize his teammate as opposed to him just being controlling. And instead they made him sort of like this Sharpay character of everything has to go my way. And I feel like that's something that doesn't really get developed enough. And it it would have been more layered if he was on the football team
0: instead. I think I'll I'm going to disagree with you, um, and I'll tell you why. Because the whole thing with getting Zed onto the football team and having him jailbreak the Z Band is because the football team never wins. They're a, they're a h- awful football team, right? So if you have Bucky, who's a star football player, suffice to say they could probably still steal a few games without needing Zed to hack his Z Band. Um, I think it makes things far more interesting f- as as a character for Bucky, who's a cheerleader, who is a star cheerleader. He's a ham. He needs to be front and center of attention. He obviously is. And he's in a position where he has to cheerlead. He has to do the one thing he loves to do. And yet he doesn't want to do it because his bias against the zombies is preventing him from do the doing the thing he's supposed to do. And I think that this is also one of those instances, you know, we talk about Sometimes where Disney, they have zero to 60 reactions, and they kind of overcomplicate things, and they overreact to things. This is one of these things where I think, like, it's low-key well done, where instead of taking the male, one of the male leads and making him the star football player, you break the mold to make him the star cheerleader. I think that that's a way of making it a little bit more inclusive without having to pat yourself on the back and showing us that you did it. Like... I, I really actually like that this is the direction that they went in. And I think that for tho- for me at least, for those reasons, it makes a lot of sense.
1: No, those are all really great points. I hadn't considered at all how problematic that would be if he was on the football team. Because yes, then I, I hadn't even considered that the whole point is you need Zed because they can't win anything. And you're right. Yeah, if he is the football star he would have been able to save a few games that they they need to have them at absolute zero so that's totally fair and to your point it is nice to to see them normalize a male cheerleader too to you know cuz that's something that was a big 90s trope and early 2000s where it was like you know boys that were into dancing that were into cheerleading they got picked on for it so it was nice to see um that that was something that was embraced here. But that's the only thing that I bump on a little bit is that the way that Bucky is trying to control everything, it just comes off as very Sharpay of everything is me, me, me. But I I hadn't really considered that either, that part of it is because cheerleading is his thing and now he's got to cheer for something that he doesn't actually stand behind. And And that's his whole arc because eventually he he will.
0: And the difference between Sharpay and Bucky is that Sharpay is a spoiled brat who's an aggravation through every high school musical film. That's not to say that Bucky is not a spoiled brat. However, he's funny enough where he's endearing. Like, I, I love Bucky. I love how eccentric he is. kind of rem- reminds me of a Timon. I, I think, you know, like, they they toe the line very well between over-the-top and still funny. Over the top and completely dislikable. They could not toe that line with Sharpay or chose not to. Um, I feel like they struck the balance here with Bucky that I wish they would have uh, struck with Sharpay and Ryan. Um, and, and Ryan obviously has a better character arc because you know he actually has one in High School Musical, where Sharpay doesn't. Um, I he this character is just so much better. He's so much more well rounded.
1: I would agree. Um, Before we get into Zed getting on the football team, I do want to talk about two more characters that are equally hilarious. Um, Our introduction to Principal Lee and her snide remarks, absolutely hysterical. I wanted more of this. And the football coach just giving up on life is, uh, he was a scene stealer for me.
0: Yeah, both of those characters are great. Principal Lee is so funny. Um, she doesn't want to be there. She wants nothing to do with it. She doesn't hide it. It's well done. And the football coach, yeah. I mean, we've seen it before. Henry uh Henry uh Winkler, when he did it in Waterboy. Um But but this is just it's different enough where it works. And he just wants to wear something that's not sweatpants and move out of his parents' basement. Like yeah, it's, it's really well done, and they're both very, very funny any time that they're together. Um, decent meet cute, I think, um, with Addison and Zed, where Zed runs into a zombie safe room. Now, I don't know if he just ran into the nearest door, or if he saw a zombie safe room and thought that he would be safe in the room. Yes.
1: I agree. I mean, I love how they get him there to begin it's with hysterical. this bit with him stubbing his toe and then he goes into zombie mode of, ah, oh, and everybody thinks that he's, you know, regressing. Yeah, But really, it's just him crying out in pain. I thought that was hysterical. Um, yeah, this is another question mark for me. And I not only watched it, you know. We do the both viewings for the show We'll right. just watch it once on its own, and then we'll do it again and we'll take some notes. I had to keep rewinding this section and go back because I was trying to figure that exact thing out um I mean, I didn't think it didn't read to me as some sort of zombie protection room,
0: not for zombies, not for zombies
1: exactly. but as far as did Zed know where he was getting or what he was getting himself into. I don't think so. I think he just knew he had to get out of there. And that's just the setup because but what was more confusing to me was why did Addison go in when everybody else is running out? Nobody else is utilizing this zombie safe room. Everybody else is running out of the school. And I get it, Addison's not a follower. She is a leader. So she's gonna not she's gonna walk off the beaten path. I get all that, but yeah, that was the only thing. I think they could have played this for comedy a little bit more. And those lines, it, it would have been more definitive.
0: But with that being said, their introduction to each other, like at first, they're kind of flirting from a distance. They're both in the shadows. When the lights come on, she screams zombie and punches him in the face and immediately says, I'm sorry, it's what my parents taught me to do. Um, And she says, you know, you're not gross, you're not hideous, you're not this, and you know he's a good sport about it um of course the whole thing gets interrupted when bucky and the acs come in but i i really did think that they they had chemistry from the start yeah i i bought them as an item from the start yeah it did not feel forced um and i think that's because of how these characters were developed Zed wants to be a star football player, but he's kind of chill and too cool for school to begin with, but in all the ways that you want him to be. And with Addison, and I think this is why it's important that she does have this white hair, she's not only a good-natured person um, who wants to see the best in anybody. I mean, you could do that. I think it's too much of a trope because she's got her own demons, so to speak, that she's hiding because she knows that she would be a cast out as well. It's just an added layer, and I I just buy them from the minute they get together. I agree, um, but let's move on and talk about um, the Z Band. Let's talk about this entire setup.
1: I think the Z Band is so clever, it's and so this good. is where the choice to make it a chemical reaction was really smart from the jump.
0: I love this. I love the Z-band shorting out and giving him strength, and that's what wows the football coach. I love that Principal Lee is now on board because she sees the benefit of the football team winning. But what I really like is that both Zed and Addison, at this point, are taking their stances. They're digging their toes in. Zed wants to join the team, but wants something in return because other than him joining the team and the team winning, he has no benefit other than he gets to play football where he wants the other zombies to be allowed in the cafeteria and he wants them to be recognized. And he knows that he's kind of holding principal Lee's feet to the fire. And on the flip side, Addison's like, well, Listen, if he's on the team, this is our this is our job, is to be here and cheer on the team and be school spirit. That includes the zombies on the football team. It's just such a good moment for both of them to take a stance because it gives them some more skin in the game, so to speak.
1: For Zed especially, because this could have very easily fallen into him acting in his own self-interest just to get the girl, but the fact that he's doing it for his people just makes it so layered it's really
0: great right because it runs the risk of him becoming dislikable and they could have done it they could have taken it in this direction where he does the yeah but they'll recognize zombies if i win games and then all of a sudden he starts getting in with the cool kids he's got his letterman jacket and he starts to kind of distance himself between himself and the zombies the fact that they and they could have gone in that direction and still made a good movie the fact that they didn't do that I think really speaks volumes to the screenwriting.
1: Yes, because they also could have funneled all of that through Eliza and made her the voice of reason and her the influence on Zed of, come on, don't just do this for the girl. Like, there's more at stake for us. I like that it didn't have to be spelled out for him. Correct. And he figured that all out on his own.
0: What I also like is that we get to the game and he's struggling because What they saw at the pep rally was a Z-Band short. We've already planted that Eliza, you know, she's techie, she's into tech, right? He convinces her to do this, to jailbreak the Z-Band so that he can hack it on command, so that he doesn't go full zombie, but he goes just enough where he has the strength, where he's an unstoppable beast on the field. I love that they have an early payoff, ...on the plant that is the Z-band, that they have an early payoff on the short, and that they tell us exactly what's going to happen. The foreshadowing here, because we know that there's going to be repercussions for this. They planted early. We know that it's going to come. Just the, the entire setup is brilliant.
1: What does not pay off in this scene? As funny as she is, Principal Lee goes into the boys' locker room and threatens a student. Sure.
0: We saw the same thing happen in High School Musical, and it drove us crazy when they did it in High School Musical.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, obviously, this would never happen. But yes, you do need to raise the stakes a little bit more. And, you know, obviously, Zed knew that he was struggling in the game. He knows that, you know, they have to start winning. That's part of the deal. But I feel like... In a film that's been pretty careful otherwise to to not do things like this, this could have been handled a little bit better.
0: If that's the worst thing about it, so be it. But I think that it's a great scene anyway. And what it does now is it, it kind of sets off this chain reaction where the more the zombie, you know, helps the, the shrimp win their games... The more accepting he's becoming, the more accepting the student body is becoming of the other zombies. But not everybody is on board, right? And that's where you get, again, Bucky makes Addison pick her side. And as I mentioned during the plot, um, she picks the side of cheer because she d- she's not ready to go against the grain. What I really like that they do here for Zed is that this could be... Because you know every every film does this with your love interests. Something's going to happen that drives a wedge between them, and then they're going to kiss and make up in the third act, right? Of course. This is where he could be upset with her. This is where the divide could have started. But Zed, having been an outcast his entire life and knowing how it feels to be an outcast, is understanding of it. He's willing to accept Addison... For having chosen the cheer side and keeping their relationship a secret. Um, I think that that boosts him as a character. And I don't think that it really does anything to hurt her either. Like, like nothing they do with Addison and nothing that Addison does makes her dislikable. Like, this is a point where she should be dislikable and she's not. They just do a really good job of keeping your characters even-keeled.
1: Right, and... I think part of that also comes that she is being straight up threatened by Bucky. But this is still where I go back and forth where I don't always necessarily believe that it works that he's a cheerleader because by this point, um Bucky's gripe is that Zed has been accepted. Zed is winning, right. Bucky just doesn't accept that any of this is happening. And he wants to keep everything in control in his perfect little world. But I feel like that sort of goes against what we are expecting from a cheerleader because normally the cheerleaders are the popular group. So wouldn't the popular group not want to be against the majority that has accepted the zombies? And I mean, if, if that's where this movie is breaking the mold, then good on it. But I just feel like this is still, it's, in character for Bucky but I don't feel like the cheerleaders who are supposed to unite people and and I mean that is part of the whole of Addison's arc is bringing people together but I just don't buy that the most popular kid in school or who is seemingly supposed to be the most popular kid in school or who thinks himself that way is not with the majority and is not even Trying to hide it. I think that's the thing is that he's so overtly against this and we're not going to sit with them. He's got the cheerleader table stanchioned off, which is very funny, by the way. It's a big pink stanchion. Yeah. It's pretty hysterical. Um, But it's just like if the entire school is behind Zed now and is making friends with these zombies, why are you still... Or why aren't you at least phoning it in? I would buy it if he was phoning it in.
0: Something that has me a little bothered about this to kind of echo what you said. They don't define well enough. This is one of the few times where something isn't well defined. They don't define well enough whether Bucky's issue is that he is no longer the most popular person in the school or if he Or if it's that he does not like zombies. Like, you can say, well, it's column A and column B. But I think you need to pick one and stick to it. Because Bucky is very popular. His photo is all over the place. He's the face of the school because of the cheer squad. Because God knows they didn't have a football team before. At the beginning of the film, it's the first day of school. He's signing autographs for people. Now he is a celebrity his face is everywhere. So what is it? Is it that is it that somebody else has taken your spotlight or is it that a zombie took your spotlight and you're not defining which it is? You
1: just hit it. That's exactly what it is because and and that's where I had suggested maybe it would have been more beneficial to have him as the football player because then there is a personal stake. As to why you are being threatened. So here, this just comes off as prejudice. And if Bucky is going to redeem himself at the end, you do need that more clearly defined. But you just said that a lot more concisely than what I was trying to work
0: through. Now we get Addison invited into Zombie Town. They go to the party. Uh, Eliza does not want her there. And she gets this really wonderful moment with Zoe. Ah, so cute. Zoe, Zoe is just the cutest little thing. She is so endearing. Yeah. She's such a great character. She is like the glimpse of hope in the entire movie.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Um, And I do like the fact that we do start to mend the fence with Eliza. However, it gets interrupted. Like, I'm glad that we started it, but we didn't get all the way there.
1: Here's what I don't appreciate about it. And I really like Eliza's character. I love that she's, you know, the brainy, cool sidekick. And that's what Addison likes about her too. She tells her as much, but then she also tells her that she's pretty. And yes, in a film... And in Eliza's world, where zombies have been outcast for who they are, (coughs) to hear that, I'm sure she's never been told that before. And it must mean a lot to be like, wow, all I've been told is how different I am. I never even considered that I could also be considered pretty for who I am. But... That's where she softens the most on Addison. And I hate that she's just reduced to everyone else that wants to be accepted because I figure, I I feel like that's so not in her character because she doesn't. Well, no. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? She does care about zombies fitting in and being accepted. Right. But it's less about fitting in. She's still going to be her own person. She just wants equal treatment. But I feel like by bringing her looks into it, I just feel like we just reduced her character so much.
0: Um, A character that gets reduced, actually, I, I think at the end of this whole thing is not even Eliza so much as it is Addison. Because we are at the point where Addison has now seen how the zombies get treated when the zombie squad comes in and they start breaking people up and they start locking people up, it's at this point that she needs to take a stand. Like, we know that she wants to, she says that she's going to, and yes, she's done everything right in terms of being a cheerleader and cheering on the zombies when Bucky did not want her to, but that's not enough. This needed to be the moment where she started to take a stand. And what does she do? She lies to her parents about who she was really with. She says she was with a boy. She doesn't say that the boy's a zombie. And as we approach Homecoming, we are going to further see that she does not want her parents to see Zed. This is where she needed to start to dig in and take her stance, she does it at the game when she pulls her wig off, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but I think this is where she needed to start.
1: Yes, and that's what I was going to say, is that that's the problem with this whole metaphor being channeled through her hair. Because when Zed goes to kiss her, he, it it pops out from under the blonde wig, Right. I mean both are wigs. Both are terrible wigs. Good lord. That's the one that's the one thing. Everything else for the, the production design, the makeup is so on point, but good God, this poor girl's wigs. Um, when the piece pops out, Zed obviously doesn't care. He wants to see her for who she really is and she's not ready. So that's the metaphor for her not taking ready, not being ready to take the stand yet. And then instead, we still get a lot more exposition where it's hiding, hiding, hiding things more. With, what I bump on with the parents is that, you know, we know that they don't still accept zombies. And I feel like they could have unpacked that a lot more, being that her mother's the mayor. And the mayor's obviously going to know what's going on in her town and at the school. She's going to know... That until Zed was a breakout football player, they were saying that zombies were accepted, but they really weren't. And she's also going to know who Zed is as this football star. So I feel like leaning back on this, oh, my parents don't like zombies, it doesn't really make sense with her mom's profession, What I also bump on and I I find highly amusing is that the parents are completely unfazed that Addison is out with a boy. They don't care that she's out doing God knows what. She's a teenager. Curfew's been reinstated. She's found on the other side of town by Gus, which is hilarious, by the way, because he's got to bring her home and now sit through all this family drama when he doesn't actually need to be there. And he's desperately trying to get out. That was actually really funny. Um, but they care more about her being on the other side of town than they do, than that she was out with a boy. And maybe this is where I'm showing my age because we grew up in the era of you know making sure that teenagers weren't left alone for too long. I'm thinking specifically of one of my favorite movies, Ten Things I Hate About You, where the dad used to make them put on the pregnancy suit before they left the house on a date to make them feel what it would be like to be pregnant, to think about their choices before they went out. Um, and here, like, that's just not even a blip on the radar.
0: So I don't even think about 10 things I hate about you. You say that, I just think about Uncle Jesse. When they made Uncle Jesse wear that thing in full house when he and, and Rebecca, <laughs> Yeah, she to was pregnant. To
1: sympathize with Becky when she was pregnant, sure. It
0: was so funny. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, I, to take your term, bump on most. And it, it happens right after all of this. We're getting ready to introduce the idea that Zed is going to meet Addison's parents prior to homecoming. Something they do very well is they pay off on the swiping right and corrupting the software. Pay off on it. Totally do. Something that this film does very well is that they don't waste lines. They don't waste dialogue. We know that uh, Addison's grandfather had been bitten by a zombie, so in theory he should have turned into one, but he didn't, um, which defies all zombie law as we know it. But there's an animosity because a member of the family had previously been attacked. So you want to just tack that on to why the family doesn't like zombies? I can buy it. Right, so, my issue with the corrupted software, even though we were forewarned about it, even though it does set up the fact that now the ACs can get in and hack the Z-bands, so it pays off. By swiping right too far, it turns him human. Right,
1: and that's why Eliza
0: didn't want him to do it. But it's not only that, because we see how it shorts out. Yes. That's fine. The Z-bands exist to prevent them from turning into brain-eating zombies, right? But if you can continue to swipe and eventually you turn human, right. you're telling me that the software and the tech exists where, technically speaking, none of these zombies could would have to live a life as a zombie. And yet they still do. Why?
1: Because it's about being who you are and not being forced to fit in.
0: I get that. But if ultimately they can be cured of this disease, so to speak, why haven't they been? You, you're you introducing the idea that they can be cured. Don't think yes. of this as not being who you are. Think of this as being cured from an illness.
1: Right. And that's where they could have explored this a little bit more, particularly with Zed's family, especially because, you know, Zoe wants a dog. For her, given the choice, she'd probably be human. Right. With his dad, you know, that would have been like a really great source of conflict. But that's where, you know, with the time constraints of a decom plus all of the musical numbers, you are just eliminating storylines like that entirely. But that could have been really, really interesting
0: then they go out for their ice cream date and it's it's a super cute it's nice that he can actually take her out on a real date except the the only issue with it is he is now other than bucky the most popular person in school
1: And nobody's batting
0: an eyelash. Nobody's batting an eyelash that he's a human now. Yeah. Not a single soul. Though I do like, though, when they do get the ice cream, their choices are vanilla, vanilla, double vanilla, and extra vanilla.
1: That's such a Seabrook thing. But I love this whole little scene. I think it's really cute that they just appreciate, even though they're only going to get ice cream, um, they just appreciate the time that they do have together where they can just be out in public. Right. And I think that's the thing. It doesn't make sense that nobody notices Zed, but as far as their relationship goes, this was their goal of being together where it could just be seen as normal. Right.
0: So now we're at the homecoming game and the Z-Band is shorting out. The ACs have now hacked in. They're taking him offline because they don't want him to cheat because they want him exposed, right? Um, as I'm watching this whole thing play out, the final play of the game. now Because now he's got to win it without the power of the Z-Band. Right. Now, I'm I'm totally good with the fact that he has to win this on his own. Right? It's angels in the outfield. Yes. You don't get help from angels to win a championship. You have to do it on your own. I'm totally fine with that. And as I'm watching the movie for the first time, I thought, oh, wow, what an interesting twist. He's not going to win. He's going to fall just short. To my surprise, it's ruled a touchdown. I went back and watched it, and I freeze-framed it. He is down by contact a good yard and a half shy of, of actually breaking the goal line. Now, I understand you want them to win, but knowing... ...that Disney's not afraid to tackle sports movies. Specifically, they have made a handful of football films. And because you are, I think... ...targeting tweens... ...and not just tween girls... ...I think that this movie does have... ...appeal for boys as well. A lot of people know the rules of football. If your knee is down... ...the play is dead... ...by contact. He is so far short of that goal line... It is an egregious miss. It's an egregious miss. How, how you didn't just move him up two more feet before putting his knee down, I don't understand how they let that slide. I mean, anybody who's working on... That's like, a very easy reshoot just to reshoot that moment. I can't believe they let it slide.
1: I'll be honest with you. I didn't even notice. But that's the difference between you knowing football really well and me not. But I should have caught it Like just for... for Details' sake that's something that I should have caught but I didn't notice what I, I think the reason for that is because I am completely distracted by the paddy wagon showing up now I I think this is a bit much for kids and then it also does sort of create more questions than answers because it's like everything is focused on what's happening in school if zombies are being integrated what happens around the rest of the town what happens with the adults the adults are now at the game we haven't seen the ripple effect from what Zed and Addison are trying to accomplish on the rest of town and that's where it's like again with the time constraints of these decoms you did kind of need that extra layer to show that they were what they were fighting for is bigger than they are
0: right um.
1: So it's, it's kind of like if you're bringing the authorities into this when it's a school setting, you sort of need that POV for the rest of the town, which they are trying to funnel through Bucky. And that's the other thing with Bucky's character, right? Is that he is being used for that point of view. But because it's all brought back to school, you lose the bigger
0: picture. Right. And we're not going to uh, look past the fact that Zed is basically tased. Yes! <laughs> it takes... Hit a, a decom. <laughs> but they go for it. Um, So into containment they go, and when they come back out, um, they are told that the Z-bands have been... uh, They've been adjusted where they cannot be hacked into anymore. So there will be no more cheating at football. There will be no more turning human again, which, again, to me is like, well, if you know you can turn them human, why aren't you? Why aren't you curing them? Like...
1: And that's where it's not focused enough on what's going on with everyone else because Eliza, Bonzo, and Zed all take the fall. They're the ones who were whisked away in the paddy wagon. Right. And that's where it's like, this should be a school issue. We could have gotten another really funny scene with Principal Lee having to be the disciplinarian here because this was a school issue where Eliza was jailbreaking the bands. It affected the school football team. right? And instead... You've brought the paddy wagon in for the sight gag. They're in detainment and they're just kids. But now we see how the rest of zombies, including adults are affected because the Z bands also have, have to all be reset at this point. So they allude to this affecting the entire group, but these three kids are taking the fall and they're the ones in containment. now. Like it just, That doesn't really make sense. They should have, because you're so zeroed in on how this affects the school. They should have kept it contained to the high school.
0: Yes, and I did jump one thing that's important. As all of this is going on, um, Addison has yanked her wig off, Um, and and as this has happened, she and Bree have also been kicked off of the cheer squad because they're cheering on. And this, like, this is something else that kind of bothers me. She and Bree are kicked off the cheer squad by Bucky. Now, this is before um, the z band thing happens. Correct. Where they all go nuts. So they get kicked off the cheer squad by Bucky at the homecoming game for cheering on the football team who is about to win in front of the entire school. I mean, not that everybody's listening to every word that Bucky says, but nobody seems to bat an eye that... they are encouraging the student body to rally around this person that the student body has already rallied around. Right. And he is publicly going to kick them off and no- nobody on the cheer squad, nobody nobody at the crowd, nobody does anything to like turn on him in that moment. Exactly. Um, but instead we get the moment where she yanks her wig off and she shames the crowd for saying, you forced him to do this. By the way, she's completely correct. I agree with her. But this is a moment where you would expect the crowd to kind of like gasp and then have a moment of self-reflection and see where they did play a hand in this. Yes. No, they just boo her incessantly.
1: Exactly. No, and I'm glad that you bring this up now because I, I thought we might talk about it when we come to Addison's song because that's when she rips the wig off. But I feel like it would have been so more... If, so much more effective had it happened right here and they actually just eliminated the song altogether. And she took it off during her speech where she tells them you created the monster.
0: Which she's a hundred percent correct. She
1: absolutely is. But before they flip on her, it would have been so cool if she was calling them out for, for their wrong. And then she's like, look, you all stand behind me being this cheerleader and, and I'm different than you are too. Instead of, having this reveal because she's singing about her motivation. I think they should have just cut the song altogether and it would have been a lot stronger to happen in this moment.
0: I completely agree with you. Um, But moving on, now the zombies are being kicked out of school. And I like the fact that Eliza, is now starting to plot her revolution. Again, they planted this early, and I I said it a few minutes ago, like this this movie just does such a good job of not wasting dialogue. They planted it early, and you just think that this is her being rebellious, damn the man, but they're actually paying off on the fact that she does want to start this rebellion. It's a great callback. Yes the fact that they find the plans, the blueprints in her locker, of course, she's never going to leave them there, but they but they have to expose that she's going to do this somehow. Not only is she unapologetic about it, but now that the crowd has turned against Addison, she encourages Eliza to go for the revolution.
1: I really love this whole thing, and I wish they would have steered into it a little bit more. Yeah. Because I like that Eliza... I mean, that's the thing. She's been supportive of Zed this entire time and I like that we get to the point that even though they weren't on the same page about the methods she's still backing him as a friend and now it was like okay we tried it your way we're gonna do it mine I love that Addison backs her this is where the fence is not only mended but like they're tight they support each other they're gonna move forward together and in two seconds Addison is talked out of it as is Eliza I don't like that Zed talks the both of them out of it
0: i like zed's message that we should become the monsters that they have made us out to be
1: that's exactly (laughs) it is that they sacrificed a really good character moment for that message and i'm torn honestly because i love that for zed's character but i do they sacrificed addison's because of it
0: what i wish they would have done is had addison and eliza Do this on their own, independent of Zed, and have him, like, in the last moment, talk them out of it. But you needed time for them to build that relationship and go through it together so that they could mutually vent their frustration because now they've both felt it. Addison and and Eliza have both felt what happens when you get turned on. There's—I wish that they would have— Saved it at the last moment, but gave that moment some time to breathe.
1: That's exactly it. Instead of finding the blueprints in Eliza's locker, I wish that there was some sort of tell that Zed figured out that Addison was helping her and then he had to run in and stop them and talk them out of it. Yes. You would have gave given their relationship a chance, to your point, to breathe, to bond, and then Zed could have still had his moment.
0: So now we get to the cheer championships. I love the broadcasters. It's like watching dodgeball. <laughs> like the, the the two of them are so great together. Um, and I like the fact that now Bucky has said, if you're not anti-zombie, you're off the team. They've got a skeleton crew full of people that cannot cooperate, that don't work together as a team. And he's willing to throw his hands up when things don't go his way. Right. And what that does is it sets up to me, it's probably the best moment in the movie, and it's Zoe. Yeah. When Zoe goes up on the stage, and they say, she's the change. She's what's going to change everybody. And she's not accepted right away. She is being booed. She is being heckled. And she's, what is she, seven, seven or eight years old? She's yeah. a very young child. But she's so unfazed by it, and she gets everybody to rally around her. And, yeah, you know, it's a little cliched, but... I like the fact that they had the perfect end without having a perfect ending. No, let me let me rephrase that. They have a perfect ending without having a perfect end because they're able to bring the zombies and the cheerleaders together. Zoe is finally the one that gets through to Bucky and they perform together, but they don't win.
1: That's what it does really well. I like that she goes back for Bucky because what they could have done very easily was... They win, and then Bucky accepts everyone because he realizes he can't fight this anymore as opposed to seeing Zoe and what she represents and having his mind completely changed, and then he joins them. That That's a
0: really important moment. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay, so do you have... Anything else before we move on and start talking about our cast and our and our musical numbers? Just that this
1: ending with the block party really works. Um, Addison scores major points by finally getting Zoe her puppy. I thought that that was so cute. Um, so I, I like that it ends on that note.
0: All right, are we ready to? We ready to dig into our cast a little bit before we talk about our soundtrack? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Um. I'm going to say this now. I I love Teen Beach. I love the cast of Teen Beach. I really like the first high school musical movie and I think that they had a very good cast. But I'm going to I'm going to go and maybe you might view this as a stretch. I think collectively, just in terms of song and dance and overall performance, this might be the most talented cast that we've had to talk about.
1: I would agree. I mean, completely disagree with High School Musical um, because I'm just never going to get on board with High School Musical, but I love Teen Beach. Um, I thought the Descendants cast was really great singing and dancing-wise. These kids were just crazy talented, not just in the singing and dancing department, but because these characters are taking a stand they just knew their characters really well. I don't know that it's the best cast though, because Teen Beach also had the challenge of having to understand a certain genre and a certain time period and they destroy it. They are so good. Yeah, I feel like that's what gives them a slight edge, but no across the board, this cast is so crazy talented.
0: It's ridiculous. Starting with Meg Donnelly as Addison. Um, she is just so endearing. She has a few flaws. I, I, I wish that she would have taken her stand a little earlier. Um, I, I don't know if that's something that you blame on the character or the screenwriting. It's probably the screenwriting more than anything else. But I thought Meg Donnelly was really good in this role. Um, my, the one thing I will say about Meg Donnelly, we saw her perform Uh, 2019. At the Disney Christmas special at Walt Disney World. Not the Christmas parade, but the special that aired.
1: Usually it airs like earlier on in December, like at night.
0: Yes. And she did Home for the Holidays. I think that Meg Donnelly has a really nice singing voice. But I I wish that they would just let her sing. Because it is too often, we're going to talk about music in a few moments here, where... They lean into her doing, like, the talk rap. Yeah. And the funny thing about it when she does it, she has, like, this scrunchy face when she does it. Like, she's, like, trying to almost, like, act an attitude as she's doing it. Because I know... what well, she would do Home for the Holidays, and we watched her run through it three or four times, because obviously they're not going to get it the first time through. And she would just scrunch her face. And I wondered, like, is this just what she does? And when we saw this... Film, and we sat to to discuss it. That was something that stood out to me. It was like, Girl, don't scrunch your face so much.
1: Yeah, I remember that specifically from when we saw her. Like, it, it was like, I don't know if it was like a tick or whatever, or that is her putting on the attitude. Um, but I, I think she did a great job, uh, in this role. Um, I agree with you. I don't think that it showcased her range as much as it could have singing wise, but dance wise, holy cow, this girl can bust a move.
0: Yeah. And so can um, Milo Mannheim. Oh my God.
1: He, he was my favorite thing about this film. He's the star. I love the character. Um, I love the whimsy that he brings to Zed, like just in some of the facial expressions and like the way that he does it, particularly when he's dancing. He is such a sick dancer. Um, he's, he's great.
0: He's somebody that like, as I look at him and it's easy to say because of his makeup, but once he gets a little older, he could be a good eccentric Joker, you know, like eventually mm. when all comic book movies get remade and they want, they're not necessarily obsessed with everything needs to be dark and gloomy. I think if you bring back more of like a very eccentric Cesar Romero or even to a lesser extent, Jack Nicholson, because the first Batman movie is dark, but, you know, he's such a bright, whimsical kind of character. Like, I'd love to see them tap into him down the road. It You don't need it right now, and, and I don't think he's old enough to pull it off. But, yeah, Milo Manheim is great. Uh, Trevor uh, Georgeman as Bucky.
1: It took me a very long time to not look at him and think Ben Savage. Um... But his performance, yeah, is incredible. So good. All of the side eyes, all of the fake smiles, the raised eyebrows, the
0: jazz hands, Uh, yeah. uh,
1: But and the cheer, though, right? I mean, like the dancing is good. I can't even imagine what it must have been like for him in this film to have to do that many flips for how many takes, and his energy level needed to be like. At a 15 at all times and he had to maintain it, which was very impressive. One of my favorite Bucky moments we didn't get to talk about as we were going through um, at the pep rally um, where he bursts through his face on the yes. sign. But in the hole, there is another sign with his face. So you can always see it. Yeah. And that is like Bucky in a nutshell here.
0: Yeah. It's like just like low key well done set design and screenwriting where we already know that he's self-absorbed, but we're going to remind you he's self-absorbed without overtly telling you he's self-absorbed.
1: Yeah. And that's where, because he bought so much comedy to selling that idea, I'm able to sort of look the other way with all of the flaws I find with how the character was written.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kylie Russell plays Eliza. I love her. She's such a good character. I love Eliza. She carries so much weight. She carries like a really intriguing darkness about her. I like that they make her a computer hacker. Like The payoff on all of this was absolute perfection.
1: She's one of those characters you look at, and it's like, because she's so tough, it's like, who hurt you? But in this case, because we know who hurt her, it's very easy to sympathize with her. So... I just loved her from the jump. Um, I think for a secondary character, she has just enough screen time. But I wish that they would have showcased her a little bit more in the song and dance because she was super talented, too,
0: yeah. Carla Jeffrey plays Bree. Um, we haven't really talked about Bree a lot. Well, you know, she's a very good character. i i I'm hoping that they kind of expand on her more in the second movie. Because I almost feel like there are moments where she's got really good moments in the movie, but I almost feel like at there are times she's a plot device for Addison to get somebody to, to just make cheer more inclusive outside of the zombies.
1: Right. And to give Addison someone else to stick up for. Um Bree's almost like a save the cat character. Um and at times, she's a bit much with the squealing. Yeah. I get where kids are going to find that funny. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that she's someone they develop a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Kingston Foster is Zoe. I don't um, uh, What else do you say? No, she's no. so good. No, no. Uh, so cute. James Godfrey as Bonzo. We haven't talked a lot about Bonzo. Because um, Bonzo doesn't <laughs> talk a lot. He speaks in zombie. I love the fact that he doesn't speak English.
1: I I do too.
0: But it doesn't sound like gibberish either.
1: No. because Well, that's the other thing. I think that has to do with the performance because of the way that he emotes. You know exactly what is coming across. Um, And and I think that's why it's such an important character to have because somebody who can't communicate verbally – but is able to convey everything like that is a very important message to send in a film like this about inclusivity. Yeah. Um so I think that that was a really cool way to go about delivering the the message um and to make it funny for kids. Um Yeah, no, he's just such a great character. I love the choice that they made to do that where he doesn't speak English and I I love that we also like get to see a little bit of the zombie history and what they are fighting for through him and I also love because we haven't hit on this yet I love how all of the zombie characters have a Z in their name yes that was a clever touch
0: Um, are we ready to talk about the soundtrack? Yes. Which I think is what everybody loves so much about this movie. Yeah, I've been ready to
1: talk about the soundtrack.
0: Yeah. Um, soundtrack, that's going to be starting with my year. Um, I think that this is a really outstanding start to the movie. Um, I think that, um... They do such a good job of taking both sides of the fence, right? You have you have Addison singing about what her year is going to be. Cheer squad, normal. You have Zed's side talking about what his year is going to be. Football team, being accepted. Um... It's an earworm. The lyrics are great. I love how they mirror. My only problem with this song is that there are times, um, especially in the chorus, where the sound editing is really wonky because they bring the vocals down so low because I think that they're trying to bleed the ensemble cast together. But the vocals noticeably drop down a few decibels and then jump back up again when it's Zed and Addison singing specifically.
1: Yeah, but when the rest of the cast is in the scene, it almost sounds a bit muffled.
0: I thought there was something wrong with the TV the first time I watched it. I'm not even going to lie. Same, yeah.
1: I thought it was our audio. I was like, wait, what just happened? Um, Yeah, story-wise, I think that this is a great setup, seeing both sides of the tracks. Um, What was jarring for me, other than the sound editing, uh, the beginning sounds like Party in the USA. I was like, wow, they made a choice there and they are tiptoeing into some dangerous territory. Um Years I,
0: a- years after that song came oh, out. Oh yeah, by the way.
1: no. And then what was really funny to me is they take it over to the beach, which is very interesting considering that this was filmed in uh Toronto, by the way. Um, it looked just like Barbie, especially yeah. with the color palette. Um, I know obviously this was made before it wasn't intentionally ripping it off, but being that we're just coming off of Barbie, it was just interesting to see uh, some set design like that. But it's a good song. It's a good good way to kick it off.
0: Yeah. And that's followed up by Fired Up. Fired Up is another banger. I I, I really, really like this song a lot.
1: Yeah. Um. It It's what it needs to be. You need like a strong cheer number. We've had Addison saying, I want to cheer. I want to cheer. I want to cheer. Like now you have to see it. And they deliver on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Someday. This song is so damn fun. The number is so good. It's well performed. I buy them as a couple. When they do it again later as a ballad, it's even better. Um, I don't recall off the top of my head if this was on that billboard list. I don't think it was. I don't think that anything from zombies was If if it wasn't on it was there. On a cheetah Girls. No, Bam was on there. I'm almost certain Bam was on there. Um if this was not on that list, it's egregious. This is a re- I think it's the best song in the movie.
1: I love this scene. Um, This is where it's like, okay, who really cares how, how or why they got into the zombie safe room because to bring it back to where they met and change up the lighting, I thought that that was really cute. What I really love too is the Charlie Chaplin feel of it all. And it does give it this quality of like a silent film. And I think that that's a credit to both of these actors that they were able to pull off that style.
0: This is in terms of duets, overall performance. Hot take, this is one of the best ones out there in terms of Disney. I don't care. I'm I'm going to I'm going to put that out there. I I put this above anything in high school musical. Um I put this I may even rank this above a few of the songs in Teen Beach. I would go so far as to say, can you feel the love tonight? Part of your world. Kiss the girl. This all belongs. This belongs in that on that shelf. To me, this is upper echelon, just like as a complete package.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of the best duets. The ballad uh, reprise of it, too, oh, is so, so good. good. I don't know that it tops, and I can't remember the name of the song right now it's killing me i might have to look it up in teen beach there's the duet where mac is she's singing and they're dancing and it's very lively but the words don't match the performance so she's got to have like a straight face i don't
0: want to make it stop make it stop
1: yes 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 yeah and they're like literally fighting with their own bodies and the movement yeah Um, that's just so impressive because they're trying to exercise restraint. Thank you. I couldn't think of the name of it, but, um, I don't know that it's better just because of how hard that was to pull off and they nailed it. Um, but this is up there.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I'm almost embarrassingly aware (laughs) of the teen beach soundtrack. I've listened to it a lot, almost 37 years old, (laughs) not where I thought I'd be at this age.
1: Um, I also don't know that Someday is a better number than Bam. This is just sick. This is one of the best things that Disney has ever done. I love the set. I love the dancing. I think that this is what sets Zombies apart from Descendants as far as having something that's sort of stylistically similar. You get a little bit more gritty with this movie, and they went for it.
0: I think that all around, um, I think as a total soundtrack, I prefer... This music over that of Descendants. Um, I, I I do think that this was a, a better musical performance. I Actually, I think this was overall a better film than Descendants. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that as we kind of wrap up as well. I'll be. I like Bam. I don't love it, and I maybe because it's not my preferred style of music. Um, perhaps because Radio Disney on XM plays the crap out of this song and and they don't play enough of these other songs frankly um i think it's good i just don't think it's the best i maybe it's also because all i can hear is meg donnelly going you're in zombie land and and yeah. it's, it's just distracting me
1: lyrically it's not the best song but best number overall i think it's just that i appreciate the dancing so much and all of like the trick choreography too where like they come through the tires and they're all uh, you know they're using like the black light paint or with the jackets and how they're you know stacked like three dancers on top of each other and doing all of these contortion it is just so cool and that's something like I said they were able to go there in a way that Descendants wasn't and what I also appreciate too um, the easy thing to do would be to do like thriller type choreography right and I didn't miss it, not having that sort of like they allude to it in some of the dialogue where they say like, oh, do the zombie foot drag or whatever, but they don't do it a lot. And I feel like that would have gotten it would have felt played out or overused. So I really like that they were able to have this
0: original style on their own. Now, for where I criticize Meg Donnelly for her performance in BAM, she makes up for it in Stand
1: the song that i'm going to maintain we didn't need.
0: Really? Well, i know you did talk about it earlier. Um but even through all of that, even after all of that, you still think that we could have done without it. Um It's a, it's a really good song and she slays it.
1: Well, no, and you do need to give your female lead the solo. It's the placement. I
0: got, they yeah, They should okay. have
1: put it before the game. And her motivation as to I'm going to stand up to my cousin and in front of the whole school and get them to cheer for Zed, it would have played a lot better than just building to this moment so she could rip the wig off because you're sacrificing the speech that she delivers.
0: And where this all plays into it is kind of back to what we had talked about earlier where they didn't make her take a stand early enough. Yes. I that's I think you're right. I think you nailed it. It's it's the placement of it. Um final thoughts on zombies. I'm going to let you go first on this one.
1: I shouldn't like it. As much as I do, as far as DCOMs go, this had all of the cards stacked against it for my personal taste from the jump. I thought it was going to be High School Musical meets Descendants. And for all intents and purposes, I think that's what they were going for, was trying to capitalize on the success of those two. And they were able to blend them intentionally and make this film stand out on its own. What I thought was going to be the biggest pitfall is something that I was very critical when it comes to high school musical about is that and this also goes back to what we were saying about there are time constraints you can't really develop the characters in high school musical you have all of these archetypes that do one thing so when they want to step outside of their comfort zone and try a different hobby or expose what their other hobby is, that's the hangup of I want to show who I really am, but you guys have me pigeonholed into this one thing and I can't do that. And what I find difficult to relate to with High School Musical, I think that's where everybody else embraces it. And I'm like, that's not the reality because kids are so much more well-rounded than one hobby. You can't just have one thing. But that's where the time constraints work against, work against a script like this because you're not able to fully develop the characters. And I really thought that that's where we were going to get hung up here when I was like, okay, it's football players and cheerleaders, these characters are just going to be so one dimensional because we're going to have the cheerleader that sort of steps outside of that and wants to do something else. Here we go again. Um, And that's not at all where this movie goes because these characters are so much more well-written and more layered and they're fighting for a cause, a much bigger cause. Um, That's where this film is is truly successful um and I really didn't think that I was going to enjoy it as much as I do and I mean we we talked about it ad nauseum like how cool the set is how amazing these dance numbers are um and I didn't expect to step away saying that I don't feel like a lot of story was sacrificed to get to the flashy numbers I think that there were things that could have been more finessed but it doesn't fall victim to the same things that make me can't not able to stomach high school musical.
0: So I was a lot more kind to high school musical than you were. Um, That's cause I, I liked the first film. The second is one of the worst films I've ever seen. The third is marginally better. Um, I think that they took the things that were successful about High School Musical and the things that were successful about Descendants and they managed to meld them together and put out a near-perfect product here. Um, I, I do think this is a almost a perfect movie.
1: I'm not going that far.
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't— And I don't think that I have a very soft stance when it comes to DCOMs because I set my standards lower. I look at this the same way I'd look at a Marvel movie, but I think that they just pulled it off very well. I think you have well-developed characters. I think you have interesting characters. I think you've got outstanding sets, great costumes, great dance numbers. I think the message is good. I think that it paints itself into a corner in a handful of instances where we've already gone over it. But overall, I rank this very high. I, I think I'd have to go back... And watch High School Musical again. And perhaps even go back and listen to our conversation about it. But I I think that perhaps... I would put... I mean, Teen Beach is still number one. I might rank this... I probably don't put it ahead of Halloween Town. Maybe I rank it third. Maybe I go like... Teen Beach, Halloween Town zombies high school musical and I'm without like ripping into like and then descendants without deep diving into all of them because it's almost too many and and some of them I haven't revisited in many years but off the top of my head that would be like my top four or five I think that that's kind of where I put this movie
1: this I mean while I don't think it's near perfect I don't like some of the other ones the way that you do so this actually does score very high for me when compared to the other ones uh certainly better than high school musical certainly better than Halloween Town. um do i like Bite it better tongue. than descendants is the question um and i think that the answer is yes because i feel like that a lot of story was sacrificed to get music and these big scenes and you know play with what we know about these fairy tales um but I I think we're gonna reserve that that final statement for once we get through all three of these zombies films and I think we might also have to do some sort of monoreal radio official decom ranking
0: yeah I think we will have to do it eventually and you know what's interesting too um, and, and I'll wrap this up and, and then we'll, we'll take our break and move on to news. But what's amazing to me about this is if you think about it at the root of it, you should almost feel like this is like that, that this and descendants pull way too much from each other mm. outcasts attending a school. There's that not one point in this film when I read through this plot or, or when we watched it, did I ever connect the dots and think that this and descendants were too much of the same? Agreed. They're 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 unique enough where they where they they are different films and they feel completely different. But we are interested in knowing what you have to say about zombies. You can let us know on X, Instagram, and Facebook at monoreal Radio, or you can email us monorealradio at gmail.com. News of the week is coming up, but first a quick break. If you're thinking of booking a trip to a Disney destination, you have to contact Jackie Zalesi. My
1: husband and I recently celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary and wanted to go on a trip just the two of us. Jackie suggested Disneyland, knowing we'd never been and I had been dreaming of going. I am so thankful for her suggestion, as it was the most magical way to celebrate. Jackie got us a fantastic deal, but still constantly check for discounts to make sure we are guaranteed the lowest price. Having recently visited Disneyland, she was a great source for helpful information and had suggestions for everything, including meals, Max Pass, even places to visit in Los Angeles on our non-park day. Upon arrival at our hotel, we experienced the easiest check-in because Jackie had taken care of everything. Throughout our trip, Jackie was in constant contact, making sure we had everything we needed and answering any questions we had. Our vacation was Perfect. So if you would like completely free assistance planning your Disney vacation, you can get in touch with me through any of our social media outlets, or you can email me directly, monorealradio at gmail.com.
0: So news this week. Um, This is one of those stories that when you hear it, this is where you are so appreciative to be a part of the Disney community. Um, You know, and and sometimes the Disney community, it's not always the... uh, Happiest place on earth. The way that people like to project the parks to be. Take it from us, from spending a lot of time in the park and interacting on social media with others and being a part of the social media realm. It's not always the happiest place on earth. But when you get moments like this, it makes you so happy to be a part of this Disney community.
1: And it's one of those instances where social media is used for good. You're going to have to carry this one because I don't even know if I can get through it without crying.
0: So we have uh, Drew and Tyler. Um, They were here. Uh, it was a Make-A-Wish-sponsored trip. Uh, Drew um, was the young man uh, who has been offered the opportunity to come, who was offered the opportunity to come through Make-A-Wish, unfortunately uh, does have brain cancer, Um, and and after a handful of setbacks, finally made the trip to Walt Disney World and um, was attending Mickey's uh, not-so-scary Halloween party. I'm
1: not even sure how his story even got picked up, but that's the truly amazing thing is that this woman got onto TikTok, shared Drew and Tyler's story and said, Hey everyone, let's spread this like wildfire. If you're going to be at Mickey's not so scary on Friday, September 29th, she did it the morning of, um, make sure you look out for these two. They're going to be Disney bounding as Pooh and Tigger. The rest of the family is going to be dressed as the Winnie the Pooh gang. Um, Say hi to them because Drew wanted everyone to think that he was a celebrity. And she was just like, if you see him in the parks, just start fussing over him, call him out. And I thought that that was really heartwarming because it did get the read. Like I did see it on TikTok that day. Um, But what I was not expecting was the follow-up video that I saw on Saturday night because she did give an update and it was just the most beautiful, heartwarming thing.
0: Yeah, I believe it was their aunt put it out on social media. And And that's
1: how it got picked up.
0: TikTok got it. It caught wildfire. Um, Not only attendees at the party that were taking selfies and asking for autographs, but the cast members. Ugh. Um, You know, this is the best of this community. And it's so sad that it takes a story like this. To bring out the best of this community. Um, but. I I hope that we get to a point sooner rather than later. Where you get more of the best of the Disney community. Um, and look. I, I'm not. I'm not going to say that Disney does not deserve. Criticism when it's fair. And for. More recently than not. I do believe that their criticism has been fair, but there are some that take the echo chamber to the next level. Um, I just hope that we get to a point sooner rather than later where the echo chamber starts to be drowned out by a more positive uh, Disney community.
1: Yeah, this was just the perfect example of You Are the Magic. It wasn't just the crowd that embraced them. Um asking for pictures and autographs, the cast from the moment they got into Magic Kingdom, recognizing them, um, you know, taking special pictures. Um, they got a spot for Booty You where the the cast members in the parade knew where they were going to be. Everybody got to stop. Everybody got to interact. Everybody got to, you know, just give them their moment in the spotlight. It was just so beautiful to see. It was so cool.
0: We have a new documentary coming out called Pencils to Pixels. This is Tom Bancroft, a Disney animator, uh, talking about the transition from traditional hand-drawn 2D animation into computer animation and and where animation has gone from there and what it was like for them making that transition and how some were able to do it and some weren't. Some embraced it. Some disliked it. Um, That's going to be dropping out video on demand on November 7th, but this is totally our thing, right? Like, we love documentaries like this, um, like Waking Sleeping Beauty. It's why we liked the Imagineering story, why we liked prop culture. You know, these deep dives behind the scenes and some of the stories that come out of it. I'm super excited when this eventually does come out.
1: Me too. I mean, I have a genuine interest in it out of the gate, but... um Uh, part of that comes from, we do follow Tom on TikTok. Um, He's really, he's really good with it. As far as, you know, being one of these people that you wouldn't expect to be coming up with daily content, but he's just really great at it because he's got all of his drawings. He's got so much that should probably be in the archives, but they're not. And he goes through item by item and he will show and he will, you know, talk about the breakdown of the design and, and, what point in the story it was and what drove him to draw, uh, to animate a character in such a way. So it's just really interesting. If you're into animation already, he's just a really good source of information. Um, So when I saw this pop up that he had the documentary, I was interested to begin with. And then when I saw the trailer, which I will share on social media um, so that you can see it. um, I wasn't expecting the angle that he took about how frightening it was for 2D animators when this idea of computer animation was introduced. And, you know, I didn't think that they were going to cast Toy Story in that light because it was so revolutionary, but not everybody felt that way because it was probably very threatening to them at the time um, and he also got Kevin Smith to do an interview because of course uh, so this is like tailor-made for us so I'm very excited for this
0: we want to know what you have to say about the news this week you can let us know on x Instagram and Facebook at monoreal radio or you can email us monoreal at gmail.com thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on monoreal radio we gave you the social media don't forget to follow us on tiktok and threads at monoreal radio be sure to like subscribe and rate us on your podcast platform Of choice, and for links to everything related to the show, it is going to be online at monorealradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. On behalf of Monoreal Radio, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We'll see you at the movies, the stuff dreams are made of.